0: This is the EWN Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier.
0: Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guests today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our tech career segment, talking with Caitlin Knox. Caitlin is an IT business analyst and has been in the telecom industry since 2014, after spending the former decade in hospitality. She is self-taught and specializes in report development and business processes. She's studied political science and Chinese language at the Arizona State University, where she graduated in 2010. After a short stint working in Washington, D.C., she decided a bureaucratic job was not fulfilling and moved back home to Arizona where she began her career in technology. So welcome to the show, Caitlin. It's so great to have you.
2: Great. Great to be here. Thank you.
0: So let's let's go ahead and get started. Um, can you share with us a little bit about your career and your career path in technology?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was working as a guest services manager at a new co-working facility in Phoenix, and it was really a lack of IT personnel that necessitated my involvement in interfacing with their third-party development team that we had hired to configure our door management system. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to have this door management system communicate with our app to track um time spent in the space because that's how we charge them. So after a few months of really just relaying information, looking over their shoulders and seeing how this technology came together, I knew that it was something I'd like to pursue as a career. So I just started by searching for jobs with technology in the ad (laughs) and I ended up finding, I I ended up finding an assistant position. I thought that would be like an easy entry into um, that industry since I didn't have any type of technical training. So it was a big jump from hospitality to technology, but um, the hiring manager just took a chance on me and it worked out wonderfully. So my first project really was to figure out this Power BI thing. It was really new technology back then and the rest is really history. I kind of just ran with it and it took me in different directions and then um, I kind of solidified my skills over the years through different training and certifications and um, just that initial jump is really what opened up the opportunity for me.
0: That's great. Um, so your curiosity into technology was really what what got you into this industry. So um, did you always know that technology was something you wanted to do or was that your first um, instance when you got curious about how do I do this?
2: Yeah, no, I, I never imagined myself working in technology. I studied politics and Chinese thinking that I was going to be a foreign service officer for the State Department or something like that. Um, and then as soon as I, I actually worked for the State Department and realized um, the day-to-day in the life, it just wasn't that appealing anymore. Um, and then uh, guest services manager just kind of came with my previous history of being in the hospitality industry. So it was an easy re-entry into the workforce. And then, of course, my curiosity kind of sparked when I worked with these um, developers, and, and yeah, I mean, that's when it was solidified for me that this is definitely something that is interesting, and I can take it really far, so I wanted to start um, down that path, you know, as soon as I could.
0: That's great. Um, so the tech industry has so many competitive job roles, and it's a competitive market, And um, tech skills, there's a huge demand for them. There's huge skills gaps today. Um, So how do you set set yourself apart uh, from other people in in your company so that you're always um, being relevant and growing?
2: I think that for this question, I I really feel like, you just have to be more human. I think everybody seems so interested in fitting into binary buckets of like do I meet the qualifications or not and and they miss the opportunities for conversation within that interaction with the hiring manager or the person they're speaking with to kind of talk about more meaningful aspects of the job that I just feel like uh, the technical training can be taught pretty easily and, but it's if you're like a good fit for the job. You miss out on those types of um, discoveries if you're so distracted by meeting the qualifications or beating yourself up if there's like one element that doesn't seem to fit with what you want to do with your life. So I just, I think being genuine and being honest with why you're there and what you want out of your own um, passion, like why why you ended up pursuing a conversation with that person instead of just listing off what you can do.
0: (laughs) No, right. I think that's, that's, um, Great thought process and always trying to be relevant, always being authentic, always being who you are, and really challenge yourself, right, every day to gain more skills. Now, you mentioned Power BI when you uh, started in your path, and wow, you were way ahead of your time, right? Power BI is st- now starting to be very popular because there's so much data so how did you learn Power BI? How did you jump into it? Did you take classes? Did you read? Did you take some tutorials? Tell us how you got your skills uh, prepared for that position.
2: So Power BI was, was kind of an atypical use case of how I, tip, how I usually encounter a problem. I mean, nowadays, there is so much information on the internet about how to uh, like blogs that you can follow, uh, white papers that people publish about, um, what people have done previously with that situation. But the, the company I was working for, um, was unique at the time because all of our data was cloud-based. And so Power BI, when it was first released, was really geared towards an on-premise, uh, data environment where, um, there, there was like probably one or two cloud connectors available to work with, and those one or two cloud connectors that were available actually were very limited, and we exceeded those limitations out the gate. And so what was so interesting about this initial project is that it took me um, working with Microsoft support, really fleshing out a lot of the issues that they had in their first release, being an early adopter, and they really took I think extra time than they typically would um, providing desktop support to their partners by transferring me to an actual developer that helped me to create a C-Sharp application that made it work, like the Connector wasn't available but they really kind of funneled me along the support path to look at our individual use case and for me, I mean this was like my first job in technology so it was all very exciting and I think it fueled that passion a little bit. And eventually, you know, we got to the point where we were probably the only company using Power BI in this regard, and I think it is what propelled Microsoft um, to really kind of focus more on these cloud connectors because that was the direction that technology was going in that in, – during that time. So it was – gosh, I forgot the question, oh, how did I learn Power BI? So it was really just like a <laughs> – I really just like learned it off the – I mean, I read whatever article was published. I. It took more than just learning Power BI, though, because um, to be able to connect to the data point, I kind of had to learn um, the general schematic structure of like a SQL database because that's really where Power BI was kind of built for, was those on-premise data points like that. So it was really learning a few different pieces of technology and then kind of coming up with a creative solution to make it work when there wasn't an available uh, connector ready for it, for that type of connection. That's great. Well, you
0: were definitely an early adopter, but you did on-the-job training, right? You were actually hands-on in the trenches working with Microsoft to try to get the solution or the problem solved uh, with the solution. So that's awesome. And you, you mentioned passion, and I was thinking your passion was fueling this the entire time because that's what just made you curious. And then you got probably addicted to saying, I'm gonna fix it, I'm gonna figure it out. And then you just kept going and learning more and more, which is so exciting, which which is very common in our industry today that you know people learn on the job and they get very, very good at it. Um, I guess next I, I, I was thinking about, so you've had a lot of great experience on the job, working in the trenches, doing it hands-on. What is your take on certification? Do you feel it's valuable? Do you think that everybody should be certified? What
2: are your thoughts? So I think certifications serve a purpose. I think they're valuable. Um, For me, the only time I've really had to, you know, show a certification and and like shove it in someone's face is when you're negotiating a salary raise or like pursuing a different opportunity but to be completely honest the certifications i've acquired have been after the fact meaning like i had already been using those skills in my daily duties for some time before i actually went to pursue the certification and i guess it's more of a feeling of like leveling up that it's that like warm fuzzy that yes you know i reached their benchmark i was able to um, perform these skills to their satisfaction where I'm, you know, actually certified now. And I think that helps in a lot of different ways. It's not necessarily just for pursuing a new job, but it's more like your, your own self-confidence. You you get this piece of paper and somehow a layer of self-validation. So I think, I think they're valuable.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can see that um, that they're valuable, but also the hands-on experience is so valuable. To be able to couple the two you got then a stellar situation, right? Because there's that stamp from the industry that says you know, you have the skill sets, you know the technology, and then your hands-on experience, real-world knowledge is so important today. And so having both, and I think you, you really made a good point when you said, you know, employers... Um, Uh, candidates will use it to get more money from employers and um, that's why we find a lot of employers are hesitant to provide certification to their employees because they don't want to have to deal with either the person leaving or coming in and asking for a raise because now they feel they're so much more valuable, right? So that happens quite a bit. so where do you see your career path taking you as that next level? So you've been doing this for a while. You're very good at what you do. You're learning new things because industry is so dynamic. What, what is your next path? Where do you see yourself maybe in a year or three years?
2: I think I spent a lot of time in the past few years um, kind of collecting these technical skill sets and building my arsenal to be able to tackle any projects that really come my way. But what I've throttled back and kind of slowed down to focus on is the bigger picture of business analysis and what's required of a business analyst when they come into an organization and look at different processes. I think I, I, when I look at my own skill set, I think I've missed some of those foundational elements of being able to look at a business and offer suggestions on improvement. By whether it's like knowing what's important to stakeholders, or knowing how to best present um, requirements to the development team, or how to interface between the executives and then the technical staff and things like that. So what I've what I've started to focus on, and what I think I'll continue to focus on for uh, the next year or so, is really um, getting certified in that area of um, being an actual business analyst and kind of going back to the basics of. Uh, retraining my approach to problems or projects or things like that to a more like a standardized business analysis approach.
0: That's great. Um, today we are finding that uh, you know techne- technical skills are important, no question, but you have to round those off with business skills, and business skills meaning what value is this technology providing for the organization so that, like you said, you can talk to C-level folks and really explain the ROI, the return on their investment, why are they doing this. Before technology was driving business, now business is driving technology. And so uh, I think that's a really smart path to to take for you to just continue to grow in this business analysis role. So great. Um, so I know technology is moving so fast. What are some of the trends that you're seeing and where do you see those going from, from your perspective?
2: I think um, technology... The only thing for certain about technology is that it's always changing. And so I think in that regard, you just have to be teachable. So like in the next five years, what what's your go-to for your productivity tools? It's probably gonna have a facelift if not a new release or different functions or tools available. And it just it does jolt you when those things are released because you have to modify your the way you do your work in the day. And so to not be afraid of changing something or tweaking something and looking for the better result at the end of it. I think in five or ten years it's going to be a lot of the same stuff just like amped up and a lot more cloud to cloud connections and I think people are going to be a lot more productive using the different tools at their fingertips as long as they stay comfortable with trying new things. I think the way that the ecosystem is moving is... They're just really tuning into what the end user actually wants and building tools to facilitate a more efficient workday. And so I see yes. a lot more of that, like, the task management or, like, the cloud-to-cloud um, team situate, like, the, with Microsoft Teams, how that is, and Slack. I think a lot of tools and stuff are going to begin, like, bolting into a lot of different ones that you just haven't seen before that will make it flow where you're not having to go into, like, two or three different places to to get one thing done. Yeah, very, very
0: smart. Collaboration is big. You know, when you talk about teams, we're seeing collaboration, the bringing in email, bringing in your chat, bringing in your files, all of those into one place, because today we do go to many different places to get our information. So definitely we can see that moving in that direction. Well, Before we end, I've got one more question for you. So if you could give one piece of career advice to our listeners,
2: what would that be? I think it would be to get uncomfortable. Like start today, whatever it is that you see you want to do, you are the architect for your own professional development. So if there's a goal or a pie in the sky that you're after, just kind of think critically about actionable steps that you need to take to make it happen and just start doing it. Don't wait until an opportunity, it don't, like, don't wait until you get hired somewhere to start doing what you want to do.
0: That's great advice. Um, just be uncomfortable because change is imminent, right? Yeah. That's always going to happen. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. It was a pleasure having you on our show. Uh, we hope to have you again. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Stay tuned for another exciting interview just around the corner.
1: As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, vmware and much more our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it in person virtual on demand or through a blended approach success is a journey ask for directions visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today
0: Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our Next Gen Tech segment, I will be talking with Sarah Hole. Originally from Simi Valley, California, Sarah is a high school student attending Lake Stevens High in Washington. In ninth grade, she achieved seven Microsoft Office certifications. Her all-girl VEX robotics team went to the state finals consecutive years and won the design award. She is currently part of the Western Aerospace Scholars, which is part of the Museum of Flights Boeing Academy for STEM Learning. Later this summer, Sarah will participate in a Mars robotic mission hosted by NASA, Boeing, and the University of Washington. Welcome to the show, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you very much for having me. Sure, let's start. Can you share a little bit about your journey in technology? We'd love to learn more.
3: Well, I've actually been involved in technology ever since I could remember. Uh, At first, it was just me and my dad. I'd help him build computers. But I didn't really become more involved in technology until the third grade when I had my first hour of code. And then I'd continue to play around on the program scratch. But um, I didn't really start. Using it in school or education until I was in the seventh grade when I joined a um, Lego robotics club or no, it's a class. And yeah, and ever since I've been absolutely in love, I've now I'm a part of a competitive robotics team. I am also Microsoft certified and I just try to um, pursue technology whenever I get the chance.
0: That is so amazing and so fascinating that you started at such a young age. Um, so how did you know that that you started to love technology? Like, what was that spark? What was that feeling like? And when what was that situation that occurred?
3: Um, I would have to say that would be my first hour of code. It was that whole idea of being able to use computers to do things that just seemed magical for me at the time—that really caused me to really love it.
0: I love that. That's great. So, what what is your biggest goal in technology?
3: Well, being a part of a competitive robotics team, I really want to go to Worlds, um, e- either by building my robot to be that good or to program it. So that that's, that's really a big goal for me.
0: That's awesome. I know you're going to get there. You, you just have so much ambition and drive that you started at such an early age. So good luck with that. That's that's great. Thank you. So if you were in a leadership position, um, let's uh, kind of think forward. Mm-hmm. What challenges would you most want to solve with technology? What would you like to see technology solve in your leadership?
3: I would say that I would work on the most on cybersecurity because technology is beautiful because it's ever-changing and at some point I'm pretty sure that most of our problems will be solved, but we can't continue to move forward if we are not protected against hackers or whoever out there wants to infiltrate our systems.
0: That's very true. That's a whole, you know, the whole dark web and that whole area is a bit scary. So we definitely need more security. And with all the data that's that's coming out now, you know, our our doorbells, our refrigerators, you know, everything yes. is connected today. Um, those are things that, you know, we want to keep secure. So cybersecurity is a great, great answer um, and it'll continually change. So it has to continually get better and better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's, that's very true. Um, so, you know, as you look at technology today, what, what are some of the obstacles you faced and then what, what have you done to overcome them?
3: Well, for example, in robotics, I often find the problem that my uh, programming or rather the software doesn't really comp- work that well with the hardware. And there's often inconsistencies with how the software is working. I could have something working really great one minute and then the next, it would just completely be falling apart. Mm -hmm. And so I, I find that if we were to continue, usually we fix it just by working around. We just keep working around every little problem that pops up, but it would be nice if the software does improve.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, with software and hardware, there's so many incompatibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we find a lot of that, you know, on um, the PC side more than the Apple side, I think, because it's more, um, there's so many more variations. So yeah, having it work, Uh, You know, we have the same challenges. We run a training center and it's so funny. It's like you test everything the night before. Everything works beautifully. And then we're right there ready to run the class. (laughs) And then something doesn't work. And it's like, oh, no, that's technology for you. Right.
3: Yeah, I know that feeling all too well.
0: Yes. and it's it's it's. Frustrating. It is, you know, yeah. it, it, because you know you've tested it, you've done your due diligence, you've made sure that everything was right. But mm-hmm. And now with the cloud, we are finding that software is changing so much on a daily basis. So what you saw yesterday might look totally different today, you know, yes. because it's constantly changing. And I guess that's good because it's improving, yeah. but it can be frustrating. So that's that's a really good point. Um, So, you know, as a girl in technology, I'm so proud of everything that you've done because, you know, we're always trying to get more girls and women into technology. But have have you ever felt like um, somebody uh, underestimated, like, your ability in technology? And then how did you convince them that you can do this and you're confident that you can get the outcome they're looking for?
3: I'm actually very lucky. Lucky to have a very supportive group. I have my family who's really supportive, and then I have all my teachers and mentors. They are really kind and supportive of me and whatever I want to do. Um, it's not really that I have anyone underestimate my abilities. It's more rather that we share different views of, or goals so i could want to go all the way i want i'm in this to win and then someone else might be in it for the fun of it which is okay but mm-hmm. it's hard to collaborate when you don't share the same views and so that's more of an issue for me but otherwise i'm very fortunate to have people around me who are very supportive
0: that's great you have a good um you know team that is looking for your success so that really helps so when you do have um You know, people that um, have different thoughts and different views on how to get there. How do you convince them uh, maybe that your way is better or how do you collaborate with them?
3: Well, at first I just try to talk it out, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you just can't change people. so And that's okay. So sometimes we just need to go separate ways and find new ways to be. But otherwise... Um, but usually we just get to talk it out and it works out because we are all friends here. So we can't, like, it's hard to um, mess up.
0: Yeah, it's not one one is right or one is wrong. It's like you can get there multiple ways and you just respect yeah. that and go your own way, right?
2: Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. And so if you could pick a technology to actually create in, what would that be? And tell us why.
3: Well, I feel that technology is all interconnected as a whole. So it, I don't really know how to choose. You can't really pick because mm-hmm. they're, it's all interconnected and I kind of see technology as one entity. And also I try to keep my options open when it comes to what you can work on. Um, because, because of how ever changing technology is, you could be working in one area one day, but in a couple of years, you might need to go somewhere completely different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interconnected and there's so many different ways and different platforms you can use. So how do you keep some of your skills current? How do you learn um, different technologies and platforms?
3: Uh, that's um, What I do is I just keep my mind as open as possible and always be willing to pursue new th- ideas and try to learn as much as possible. And so that way I'm always current.
0: So having having a really open mind and uh, learning as you go, continuous learning is so important today because technology is so dynamic and it changes so fast. So um, I have a question for you. So if other girls are thinking of getting into technology or other kids are looking to get into technology, what advice would you give them?
3: I I say that. No matter what, you do what you want to do. And so there is ways there are ways to get started off. Like, for example, when I was younger, I started off in the Scratch program. It's very simple and user-friendly to use, and it's an easy way to learn how to program. And just work your way up. Just keep going, and someday you'll be able to do great things.
0: That's great. That's great advice. Tell me a little bit about the robotics um, that you are involved in.
3: So I am a part of a VEX Robotics Club at my um, school. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's it's like we have one major club, but then the club is separated into a bunch of other teams. And I was actually recently a part of a all girls team. And we had actually made it to for the past two years. Years we made it to the state tournament, oh. and we actually yeah we actually made and then last year we actually made it all the way up to the champion like the state championship finals and we yes. missed we we were two points away from going to world then we oh. yeah we barely missed it but it, it's been great and I love the competition and the and what's even cooler is that the competition changes every year like you have. After the worlds, you like they reset the game and they change the game. And so that means that every year you have to rebuild a new robot from scratch. And so you have to um, just completely like overhaul everything and come into the new game with a completely new mindset. And this also is a way that helps me constantly be keeping up with technology because it's ever changing.
0: That's great. Well, congratulations. Being two points away from world champions is quite an accomplishment. Well,
3: no, um we weren't. We weren't two points away from being world champions. We were two points from making it to the world championship. Oh, like, okay, okay. We were at okay. the state championship. Still
0: very, very impressive. Still very great. Um, great job. Wow. Uh, I'm so impressed with all that you've done from such an early age and continued to grow. I wish you the best of luck, and I thank you so much for being on our show.
3: Oh, thank you very much for having me.
0: And now, an exclusive offer for our listeners.
1: From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions, covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our on-demand courses For IT professionals or end users, visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit Directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at EWNpodcastNetwork.com as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit Directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction.
2: Calling all speakers. e Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses?